For some, character is the most important element in a play. For all writers, character demands a lot of imaginative work. Alan Aitbourne. I will sometimes go for a walk with the character, and I will do what we're doing now. I will interview him,、mm-hmm. say, "What do you think about the current situation、um, in the world?" And he'll sound off, or she'll sound off, and that sometimes it just gives me a speech pattern, and I will improvise them. Sometimes improvise them in the shower. Tanika Gupta talking about her play Sanctuary. Sanctuary certainly was about one man for me. It was about the gardener Kabir and about his journey from finding finding somewhere that he was safe to discovering his dream had fallen apart. I was very conscious of making sure all the way through that his journey was plotted、uh, properly. Aikborn again. Most characters undergo a transformation, and if they haven't, they're less interesting to play. Personally, I like often to not mislead an audience, perhaps, but to invite them to make snap judgments about people, who then tend to surprise them. And what about the characters that aren't seen by the audience, the off-stage characters? They not only can do a function which is done off-stage, if you like, but they can also put a dimension onto a play. Absurd person singular. There's two characters in that, Dick and Lottie Potter. Who never appear are sometimes heard through the open door and arrive for two of the Christmases out of the three, and all you hear are their ringing laughs all evening. And in a sense, they provide the party that you aren't at, and, in, and increasingly are glad you're not at. And with some writers, the characters occasionally threaten to take over. David Edgar. Proverbially, Harold Pinter, when he started the Caretaker, felt that the play was going to end with a violent death, and then. When he got to the end, he discovered that the characters he created wouldn't do that, and I have huge respect and admiration for that. But I can't do it like that. And for some writers, character seems to be the lifeblood of the drama. Willie Russell. Once I've got the character, I have usually got the play. I know I've got the play, but I don't know what the play is necessarily. And if it's one of those plays that is born from the discovery of a character, as was Shirley Valentine, as was Educating Rita. And what I tend to do is to keep writing in the voice once I've got the voice, without getting in the way. Really, a lot of songwriters say this as well: is that you've got to be careful if something happens to you, a melody happens to you, a set of lyrics happens to you. And I find this with characters: is don't get in the way, just become the conduit. You know, until you arrive at a certain point in a writing where patently you've got to start making plot decisions, even decisions of theme. You've got to start structuring, and playwriting anyway is a constant attempt to marry what's going on subconsciously and consciously. And I think it's a synthesis of those two states that makes for the best writing. I think if either the conscious brain dominates or the subconscious dominates, on the one hand, you can have something that just will not rise. If the conscious brains into the struggle, and if the subconscious is just allowed to have its way, you'll have something that's you know part souffle, part brisket of beef. Alan Aitborn says that every character should have a function. What does he mean? What I'm really meaning when I say don't ever put a character without a function is, is make sure that they have something to add to the plot. And what you could say as an acid test is if you can actually cut one of the characters out of your play, I mean nothing is lost. Except a bit of dialogue, then you've obviously written a redundant character. David Edgar on the universal function of characters within stories. Vladimir Prop 
took a book of Russian folktales, I think there were 500 of them, and arbitrarily selected numbers 50 to 150 and sought to find out the story that underlay them. And he discovered that almost all were at least part of the story of the merchant or the king or the father who leaves home or who dies, who leaves behind a prescription, don't eat the apple, don't open the box. That prescription is broken, some form of evil enters the world, the hero is recruited, the hero goes out sometimes with a helper, sometimes not, en route to find the villain, to rescue the girl, whatever it happens to be. He comes across some strange person who makes him perform a task for which he is given a reward which seems to be nothing but turns out to be the magic steed or the magic sword or the ability to talk to animals or any number of other properties which will ultimately allow him to find. Uh, He then returns home. He's not recognised. Often someone is in his place in a great banquet He has to prove himself to be the person who he claims to be. He gets the girl, and that's the end of the story. And you can recognize in that elements the Christian story. You can recognize elements of the Ramayana. You can recognize elements of every great folktale you've ever heard. And I I think that's quite useful. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.